Hi, I'm Josh Van Berkel. Welcome to the Activate Christchurch podcast. It's our privilege to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever find yourself in Christchurch, pop in and say hello. We'd love to see you. Cool. Awesome. So as Josh said, we are in the middle of a series called um, yeah, God Is and finding out what the character of God is like. And if, and if you are um, new at church this morning or it's your first time at church in a long time, that's good because you're going to find out a little bit about why people choose to come here and why there was so much singing and why we sang the same things over and over again. Seems kind of like God might be a bit narcissistic, right? Like, is God demanding all this? Does he need all of this? What is going on? Yeah, let's, we're going to have a look at that um, this morning. Let's, let's, let's talk about something else first. Um, who, who here is a parent or a grandparent? Okay, that's good. Now, who here has just spent time around small children, right? Yeah, cool. Small children have this wonderful thing that I really love to observe in that they bring things to people who are older than them. They bring things to visitors. They bring things to parents all day long. Have this, right? And what's quite funny, there's a number of reactions we can have to this. Caitlin, can you throw up that photo of Georgia for me? Thanks so much. I was on holiday recently, and this is my niece, Georgia, and she loves to write out vouchers on little notes, okay? And she's handing people out these vouchers all day, you know? And I'm with her for about four hours, and I've got four of these things. They're in my pockets. I'm like, I don't know what to do with any of this stuff. They're very cute, right? One free hug, one free kiss. I cash in my free hug and get a cuddle from Georgia. Absolutely gorgeous. Here's the thing about little people. (laughs) They love to bring big people all kinds of stuff that they probably don't really need. But hopefully for big people, sometimes, let's be honest, it gets annoying, right? But a lot of the times, it's fun. It's enjoyable. It's lovely. It brings something to your heart, and you're just like, oh, I can't resist you. You're, You're tiny, and you've got things that are just utterly useless to me, but I love that. I spoke to someone, a mother, who said for the first three years or something, she had a, like, a, like a tub of rocks. She's just keeping them. <laughs> because, the, the, you know, it's awesome, awesome. We don't, don't, adults don't really need it, but the joy is just lovely. It is nice to be needed though, right? Like, I love in my job having purpose and working with a team and to know that I work and function within that team. Who knows that they enjoy at some level, and you don't have to raise your hand because I know it's all good, right? But in your family unit or your flat or wherever you find yourself, that it's cool to be a part of that little unit or at school or in research projects, whatever it looks like for you, it's nice to be needed. In this particular area, I want to talk about God. God is not like this in this area. The character of God that we're going to be looking at this morning is, and this, and this doctrine or this aspect of God is sometimes a bit like it doesn't feel good when we catch the gravity and the full gravity of what it means. But this is a thing that I'll promise to you is that when you get this picture of the bigness of God, when you get this down in your core about how God is in this particular characteristic, this is the kind of God and the picture of God that you need to have in the walk of your life. This characteristic is called self-sufficiency. God is 
self-sufficient. You know, I looked for a long time to try and find a word that was cooler than self-sufficient. It does not exist. This is the right word, okay? Now, what comes to your mind, and I don't mind if you call it out, when you think of self-sufficiency, first thing that comes into your head. Independence, great. Any specifics, any areas of life? What's that, sorry? And needs, excellent, that's very good. Let's imagine, the first thing that comes into my mind, I need food, and you hear about those incredible people that have got a lifestyle block, or like a larger set of land, and they've got cows, or like they've got sheep, and they've got like, like vegetables everywhere, and we're like, we are entirely self-sufficient. And I'm like, man, I wish I had the knowledge, the willpower, and the ability to get up in the morning to do what those people do. But they have fulfilled the need of food for them and their family. They are self-sufficient when it comes to food. What about the same people? They're up in the wops and they've, they've built a windmill or they've got solar panels or a water wheel. They are for power, for heat, for electricity, independent. They have their need met. They are self-sufficient. This is the thing that I think is challenging when I think about God. And for some people, it's a good thing, but the gravity of it can be challenging. God does not need anything. This feels a little bit gnarly. God doesn't need a single thing. Let's look at a couple of things from the Bible about um, when, how we get a picture and how we know about what God is like. In Exodus, Moses is at the burning bush and God's telling him to go back to Egypt. And even if you haven't spent your life in church, you know the story. He's going back to tell Pharaoh to let these people go. And um, Moses is about to walk out the door and go, oh, hey, um, you know, this guy Pharaoh, he might be um, a bit like, he might want to know under whose authority I'm saying to let these people go. And God says this really wacky amp. He says, I am who I am. I am. And that's interesting. Then we push forward and we look at John. It's written in John 8. And Jesus, that's God on earth, talking to the leaders of the church that were where Jesus was at the time. And Jesus is like Liam Neeson, man. He's got a very special set of skills. He's healing people and doing stuff all over the show, okay? And they want to know, who is this guy? Who are you really, Jesus? And Jesus looks at them and he says, because their whole buzzers, they were all about this dude called Abraham. And we're like, Abraham's our guy. Like God's God. But Abraham is the guy that showed us all this stuff. And our stock's in Abraham. And Jesus says, very truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus can't English, okay? He's got a problem. Because he's used a static present tense word in a sentence that's referring to something that is in the past. Before Abraham was, I am. Constant, for all time. Astronomers know that time started at some point, and Christians believe that God has always existed. He spun up time. He's going to exist through time, and he'll be here when time is gone. God is all-encompassing, almighty God. See, here's the thing that hurts a little bit. When I hear all these beautiful voices lifted up to God in this room, this is the truth of the matter, folks. God does not need your worship, but he enjoys it. He's up there loving it. Here's the thing about God. God is so glorious and so mighty and so big. 
You can't add to his glory. You also can't subtract. If no one on this planet worshipped God, he would still be as big and as powerful as he is. If all of these people on this world, he would still be as powerful as he is. There's no addition or subtraction that there is. Caitlin, can you just show me that picture? I, I was walking the Rootburn track one time, and I, um, I climb up um, Conical Hill. Conical Hill is the highest point that you can get on the Rootburn track. And, um, and I'm looking out, and there's this man, this man just sitting here, and he's looking into the abyss of this valley. Colin McCann is this wonderful like New Zealand painter and, and he, 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 would, he, would, he would paint about Christianity and I love typography and I suck at it and this might be my best attempt. And this photograph is this man looking into what I see is the great I am and this is a little piece from Job. Our picture of God must be of a God that is completely unshakable. Anyone here seen the scale drawings when you zoom out from the earth and then you see the universe and then you start to see like just the how incredibly small and insignificant and how long it takes to get anywhere and could we even get off this earth anyway and you feel entirely insignificant? I tell you something, embracing your insignificance on this earth and knowing how big he is, and then putting Jesus and what Jesus has done for you. I tell you, when you do something wrong and you carry that guilt and shame and you're walking around and going, why do I feel so terrible because I've done something dumb against myself and done something dumb against the people around me, right? The fact that God is so big and that we are so insignificant in our time on this earth and our time here, we're just nothing compared to the all-consuming fire of the great I am makes the act of Christ on the cross so much more significant. Like, that, that is a God who, who goes, I don't care. Guess what? I'm not a narcissist. I don't need your worship, okay? I want your worship. You know what the underlying function of worship does? What it does kicks off straight away. When you sing about God and you sing this on repeat, you, you, you're remembering who he is. You're remembering that he is the great I am. When we sing songs about ourselves, that's trying to tell you at the core who you really are, how God sees you and who you could be, your real life hidden with Christ. This is hilarious. I think it's Brian Adams' song. He goes, you know it's true, everything I do, I do it for you. Oh my goodness. I, when I hear that, I'm just like, that's God's motive towards his children. It just is like his commandment. Here's the thing. If God doesn't need anything, then there's just, here's the thing. You could let that become apathetic. You could let that become complete apathy, but it's just not. What this looks like, guys, is partnership. The calling is to nurture and prepare. That's the church nurturing us. The church is trying. We're trying to activate. It's trying to equip you to partner with God to do your own works and ministry. Here's the sad thing that happens, okay? God's going to create an opportunity, Sad, interesting. I'll get there. I'm going to get there. Okay, here we go. So I'm at work. You know the thing that happens on Google when you type and it finishes your word? Technicians call that autofill, okay? Now, I'm upgrading this email system. I'm trying to go through like 50 seats. And um, to turn autofill back on to Outlook, you have to do it manually. It's a terrible thing. Google would never do that to you. But anyway, right, okay. And I said, I'm not going to do that. People don't need autofill on Outlook. No one's even going to care. And the Holy Spirit's like, man, I, I, really, I would really like you to do this well. And I'm like, God, it doesn't matter. No one will care. I'm just going to be at late work all night. And I, you know what? Okay, okay, go. I'm going to go. So anyway, I start working on this thing. 20 minutes into it. Now, I work in television, okay? And 
someone is in the office, it's a prominent New Zealand on-screen presenter for a children's television show. Half an hour into me doing the stupid autofill, I'm praying with this man and we are weeping in the office and I'm praying for, for life on him. And here's the thing, right? If, if I said, stuff you got, I'm not gonna go, right, okay? Someone else would have been there to speak those words into his life because all me checking out does is means I miss the opportunity to have the purpose of partnering with God. But his plans won't be thwarted. You can't stop the guy dead. He's, here's the thing. Things that need will eventually bleed. There is no way to immortally wound God. God does not need a thing. We need, we hurt. Don't, don't let me convince you that God isn't emotionally attached, emotionally and relationally connected. When Lazarus died, he, he cried. Jesus cried. God hurts with us. God is present and he is near, but he does not need, and there's no contradiction there. He has all that you need to get through the struggle that you are going through in your life. I'm so pleased that Josh mentioned that about worship. Worship, what a gift to us to be able to remember. And there's probably a whole lot of other stuff in the supernatural, and that'll, I'm sure Josh is going to cover that at some point. That's wonderful. Here's my... Um, I invite the team up just to finish off. Here's my encouragement to you is um, I would invite you, if that makes you feel uncomfortable, to read more about what the doctrine of self-sufficiency means. Get comfortable with being insignificant because that makes the glory of what Jesus has done for you all the more shine brightly. The humility that you gain from knowing, you know what, Dad, you're awesome. I'm ready to do what you want me to do. Friends, I'm no saint. I check out of what the Holy Spirit's asking me to do every other day. And the devastation on my part is that I missed an opportunity to partner with my dad to do something that I was the most, the most purposed to do. There is nothing like a God appointment. It can be so incredibly subtle. It can be just a moment to walk over to a colleague and say, dude, you did that so awesome. Man, I can see something on you. Just weaving that encouragement and that purpose and that how God sees people. We need his eyes and yeah. It's awesome to be perfect. We are not God. He is and thank you for that God. We aren't saving anybody. We're partnering with the one that is the most strong and never will be any more or less strong than anything else. And we sing to him because we are so grateful for what he's done, the fact that he would take my guilt and shame and, and take it as far away as from the east as from the west. Mm. Let's, just, let's just take a moment, I, I reckon like 60 seconds, and, and just as, as we listen to the the music gently and see if there's anything that God wants to say to you. Bless you guys so much.